the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. That's how you know you're doing Chicago radio. When married to Badges, shooting on Pershing, traffic, a nightmare. Get used to that kind of failure, don't you? Yeah, you certainly do. That's when I love the guys that call up. I don't understand. I've been voting Democrat. I've been helping them steal the freedoms of others. I've been helping the corruption. Yet, why is it failing? Uh, the guy whose teeth you brush in the mirror every morning. That's why it's failing, dummy. Um, I am not in studio. I had to go down south. I have to work. I'm one of those silly capitalists. I don't want something from the government. I don't want some phony PPPP loan that I don't have to pay for two years, and I don't know the terms, but I'm sure it's going to work out swimmingly, dealing with shysters and scallywags. I like to work. I like to earn. So I, I travel, and uh, it's, it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare, not just because you see the open and notorious corruption and failures in the O'Hare so-called rebuild, rehab, or whatever the hell excuse they use to steal $8 billion from people and give it to their campaign contributors so they pretend to do things. What a joke that is. What a joke that airport is. When you get off and you get into a free state, the weather's great. That's not it. You get picked up by an Uber driver who's in his 50s, and it's his third job, and he has a heavy accent, heavy accent. And his name is Luis. And you get in a car and you just, you know, you start talking because that's what you do. People talk. Oh, how many kids? Four kids came to the country four years ago from Venezuela. From Venezuela. I said, well, one thing's for sure. You're never going to vote for a rat Democrat. He starts laughing. He says, I hear so much today in this country that I heard in my, my country, which was never as big of a failure as you see today, which was once when I grew up, he said, a wonderful place. And I kept saying to myself, how many times are we going to repeat the, that sentence to our grandchildren? How many times are we going to repeat that sentence to our grandchildren? And it's going to be till the day we die. And it's the same kind of people, the same kind of fascists, arrogant, ignorant, clueless, demagogue scum that destroy the quality of life of so many, the whole time caressing the very people they abuse. And the morons among us will support these idiots. And it will lead to the same catastrophic failure that it did in Venezuela, that it did in Cuba, that it did in the Soviet Union. I, the similarities are what I find fascinating. And in this day and age when the Internet and all the answers to questions are in our hand, literally in our hand. Anyone can 
use questions they have about policies today and ask about policies of yesteryear in socialist, fascistic countries. And you could see, you could see how it comes up. Let's, let, how would it be if we hired a moron who's spent his entire career figuring out how to steal and swindle the system? What would it be like if we put him in charge of, say, the system? And Joe Biden, there he is, the dim-witted, delusional, sad, sad man, 80 years old, clearly suffering from dementia, clearly not capable to do anything, let alone make these kind of policies and decisions and wield this kind of power of his pen, which since he's been in office in this eight and a half glorious months has led to failure that has shocked even some so-called experts. And you may be paying a little bit more at the supermarkets this year as global food prices are at the highest they've been in a decade. That's according to the Food and Agricultural Organization of the UN. This is Kraft Heinz also warns people will, quote, have to get used to higher food prices. You're going to have to get used to it. And, you know, as you think about this, this is this is a, a terrible circumstance for those of us that knew what this piece of garbage was, is, and will always be. Incompetent, corrupt, failure. And that, that fits so many Democrats. Um, but to, to, to realize that you're just going to have to live through it is the hardest part. And there's some sort of camaraderie that I, you, you share with somebody who fled a country of hopelessness. There's a camaraderie there because he knows and I know that the devastation that these handful of corrupt, incompetent politicians will do to this country will devastate all of us. And hopefully it's something that can be fixed. But when you're at this level of incompetence, how can it be? So the supply chain, most people are listening to talking mannequins on the news play Victim of circumstance with the supply chain. Well, it's just, uh, there's nothing we could do. You know, COVID and backed up and we can't get truck drivers and port workers. And these are the ramifications in just eight and a half months of Joe Biden in, on February 24th of this year, signing an executive order, an executive order that was going to streamline and work on supply chain issues. He had 100 days to get a committee together. Ooh, a committee. I remember the Soviet Union. They're big on committees, too. They used to like to put committees in the Politburo. And they would get committees. And they weren't really experts in the field. They were guys who got the position, you know, because of who they slept with, because of their genitalia, because of their political connections, just like today. And after all, that's how you explain not just the vice president, but Pete Buttigieg among all of the heads of these bureaucracies. So in this committee, one can only imagine the intelligence there, because what these idiots have managed to do is make a cost of shipping one container, one container from China, go from $4,000 a trip to $24,000 a trip. Now, that is only the kind of failure that an absolute and total bureaucratic, corrupt moron could do in such a short period of time. Well, Joe Biden's here to do it. Now, gas in New York City is $5. Downtown Chicago, it's four fifty. California, it's seven dollars. So you're getting a deal if you look at that kind of failure on that level. But there's more important than gas prices. Gas is the mere byproduct of oil, which for the first time in a decade 
is at $80 a barrel with no retracement in sight. In fact, the real bet is how fast it gets to 100. And you wonder, the people who are Democrats, I've met a lot of Democrats, the ones who can afford this kind of policy are the corruptors of policy. So they are the ones with the contracts. So they make more money by the more money you give these idiots power. And them I get. They're just gangsters. But the idiots, the, the, the average person who thinks this is helping in every aspect is failing, do they not care about the issues at hand? Do they not care about the 4.3 million people who quit their jobs, who quit their jobs in just a month? 4.3 million people quit their jobs in a month. Now, why would they quit them? Could it be that the implementation of the vaccine mandate? Maybe. It makes a good, good amount of them, I'm sure. Could it be the fact that there's a vast majority of them that understand under a system that is promising to redistribute debt? They call it wealth, but we don't have wealth. What they're redistributing is debt. They stand a better chance of being on the dole than off of it. And if that's the case, if that's the case, then that's the breaking point. You can never come back from. That's the killer of a country. That's what destroyed all of them, from the Weimar Republic, from Russia to Cuba to Venezuela, and it looks like the American empire. And at this point, I'm not hearing the, the correct response to it, because it could stop tomorrow. This could all stop tomorrow if the government changed its course now, does that mean if you hang on for a year and somehow you get Republicans, most of whom will be the Adam Kinzinger Republican, it will stop? And the answer is no. And I think I'm getting tired of the game of losing at an acceptable pace. So at this point, it's time to recognize when they're telling us absolute and total lies. So this bill that I insist will pass, I hope it doesn't but I'm preparing for it to pass, is being tweaked in the eye of the media on how to sell it to you. There's a very big tell Nancy Pelosi did today. Do you think you need to do a better job at messaging and going forward? How do you sell this if ultimately you have to... Well, I think you all could do a better job of selling it, to be very frank with you, but... You all could do a better job of selling it, to be very frank with you. Because what she understands is the only reason we are in this predicament is because it has been sold to you by propaganda. And the reality is undeniable failure. Undeniable failure. You have, for the first time in American history, a government that admits to you it cannot exist regardless of record revenue to the government. It cannot exist without borrowing double to run for one month. That is a staggering Staggering reality. The other thing that I like is that they're admitting to you, we're entering a new phase of lying to the American people and selling this BS to the American people. And what we're going to do, we're not going to change a damn thing, not a damn program. We're going to cook the numbers a little bit more. Off on an earlier question, you referenced Speaker Pelosi's press conference this morning. Yeah. It seemed like she somewhat backtracked from her message yesterday about what, you know, sort of path Democrats would need to take if there are fewer dollars. It seemed like she was indicating that programs, uh, fewer programs done well would be the preference, but then this morning said that uh, the first thing to go would be the timeline. So has the president given any sort of a 
the push in, in the president doesn't know if it's tuesday or july the president is a moron this is not about the president this is about the apparatchiks this is about the party the party of lies of corruption of fascism and the party is gathering right now behind closed doors to figure out how in the year 2021 to stop people from looking at information and to stop people from thinking about the failure and the squalor they've already perpetrated on the American people in just eight and a half months. In just eight and a half months. U.S. oil prices finished above 80 bucks a barrel on Monday. That's the highest in nearly seven years. Those higher prices mean pain at the pump for drivers. The national average for a gallon of gas hit a fresh seven-year high Monday. Prices have nearly doubled since bottoming at $1.77 for a gallon of gas at the beginning of the pandemic. It's not about just drivers. It's about every single product. It's about the very supply chain that Joe Biden put a committee together of all kinds of sexual deviants and freakazoids so he could feel good about diversity. And in the meantime, the reality is you're being destroyed by it. Now, some people can afford it. But can they ever? Because what you're costing them is opportunity to continue to grow an economy. We are now managing the shrink. Boy, this must be how Pritzker's wife feels. We are managing the shrink. It's a despicable time. A despicable. And the only way I can see is to enlighten the people that are not fully in on the scam. Which from the Democrat Party, I think, is about 40%. I think 60% of these rats are in on the scam. I want to know if you have ideas. I mean, I'm down here in Florida. Believe me, I'm going to try and organize the state separation. I want the USA. Let's give them the USSA. 312-642-5600. That's a good Vietnam era song. I love it. I love the smell of failure in the morning. I actually don't. Because I understand what this is. This is an overtaking of the economy. This is a a purposeful destruction of the private economy. And then to use that excuse to nationalize the economy. And it will work. Because the American people are economic illiterates. They are cowards. And that's what we saw in 2020. Cowards. Brightest spot of the day is a young girl, an honor student, refusing to put her mask on and gets arrested at school. That's an American. It's an American. People want you to think that an American is to conform and to chant for the government. I think that's the most upsetting thing when I get these idiots. I understand that most of them are on the corrupt dole. No, no, no. The progressive tax is the right tax. The government should take your money because the government is, is God. And they make decisions. And you're not entitled to your money. You wouldn't have any money. You didn't build that and all the rest of the BS that these failures, these self-loathing, butter-handed failures have not only lied to themselves to accept their fat asses and their failure, but have lied to others so they could seem sophisticated. It's preposterous and despicable. Candace, Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. Hi, thanks for taking my call, Sean. Um, it, it occurred to me listening to the Southwest Airlines thing on the radio today that so many times I think conservatives, which is why I like your show because they have a different bent on things, um, too many times they go with the regular narrative, and to me the narrative is the Southwest CEO is a crook. And the way that we should be framing it is this SOB should be in jail. He is manipulating markets. 
and and he's yeah, but but, but for you, you're right, and it's even worse than that because you you were addressing, well, I know. you were addressing he, he, he the the companies are subsidized now, the airlines companies are underwritten by the American people, they've been subsidized. We don't know the terms of those loans. We don't know what happens if they don't pay them. We don't know anything. What we do know, and this is, and let me tell you something, Candace. You know who you got to blame for this? Trump and Steve Mnuchin and Peter Navarro. They tried to fake the velocity of money, which cannot be done with debt. Now, these are so-called economic elites. These are the men of letters. And what they've managed to do is try to, try to commit financial fraud. Now, that being said, they were leveraged to do so by the Democrats. So they're all in this mix together. They should have had the courage, they should have had the wisdom, and they should have had the understanding to know that was the end. And you could have never done it. In the autopsy of America, the year 2020, Donald Trump as president will go down as the financial calamity. Now, could he have maybe worked out of it with the, by, by winning and having four more years of policies and tried to drag that money back out after negotiations? Maybe. But I didn't sign up for that risk. I don't support that. You know, this whole thing where we're sitting in the back of the car like children, right? You've, you've all got this vision. We'll drive the car into the ditch, drive it around, turn it around. Shut up. That's not what it is, you idiot. It's right and wrong. You don't do wrong even though you keep telling me it's right. And now we're in this pickle. And I got news for you, kid. There's no clean way out of it. So the guy from, sure, he's a manipulator. Is he any more of a manipulator than Nancy Pelosi and her husband? $500 million net worth. And by the way, double it, and you're probably close. So that's our system now. It's the biggest cheat. That's why you're not going to hear a, a stock market update. This isn't a stock market. This is a corporatist market. This is a subsidized market. It's a Keynesian soiree. Candace, thanks for the call. You know, I appreciate it. Nick, Northwest Side. Hey, thank you. Uh, it's so great to hear you again. You. I was saying to your screener that I have experience with the truck driving nightmare of these containers. I Most of my adult life has been driving trucks, and the last 19 years before I retired was with a semi-truck license, which allows you to pick up containers. And I was sent in fairly often by a company around here that's an air freight company, but they can do other stuff, too. And they send me these rail yards. They're a nightmare. To get, you have, the container is one thing. you got to get the chassis. What you're given the information is which chassis bones that I come because you're wearing out the tires as you're driving, you know, so they don't want to. Who owns the dump, uh, Nick? You were on the dump. Who owns the dump? Is it the Table of Wisdom side nose guys that own the dump? Who owns the dump? dump? You mean that? Yeah, where you you bring the stuff, where you get the stuff. It's one giant organized mafia. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, the problem there is that uh, it's hard to get these containers. It's hard to find a chassis which the container is put down onto. Mm-hmm. To, uh, which is in good shape. There's a, a light slow work, a flat tire. So before uh, I let you go, because I'm going against a yeah. break, why are there no drivers? Why is there a shortage of truck drivers in the, this country? The pay, the pay is not what it should be. When I retired, uh, after three and a half years, the same company, 19 years, $15.75 an hour around over here. Fifteen seventy-five. Uh, no benefits, no health insurance. Uh, the thing is just a joke. Now, I don't know. Now, out of desperation, they seem to be advertising more pay and more benefits, but it's just a joke. They take advantage of you. They figure, oh, what else are you going to do? You're just a and stupid you know what's truck funny? driver. See? You, know, you know, Nick, what's funny is that nobody talks about how the costs have skyrocketed as the union was, was working hand-in-glove with the government to corrupt the health care costs. 
to corrupt the healthcare system. Yeah. They yeah. were thinking it was going to alleviate costs. What it did is triple them. So they're idiots too. But don't worry, they got a backup plan. They own the dump. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. I'll be back. <laughs> Before I get to uh, Leahy, we're going to open the lines. 312-642-5600. Apparently he had a conference meeting, but that's all right. A friend of mine watches YouTube where you can find the Sean Thompson show. We are not, uh, I think they broadcast it on Facebook, the station, but it's not through the Facebook's YouTube. And he sends me a clip. Now, what happens in radio, it's really funny. You get these, you get these Marxist roaches that uh, they become, what are they, they're not bots because bots are computer. They become trolls, and they troll you, and they call into the show. They're, they're, they're really losers. Most of them have never really had a job, and they try to, uh, you know, screw up the show or whatever the case is. So on YouTube, there's a roach who they make these fake names up. You know, this is another thing. Why hide behind, your, behind the fake name? Why hide? Just be who you are. Say what you have to say and take the repercussions. I've been doing that my whole life. And they say something like, do you ever notice how uh, Salem doesn't have women hosts? Well, aside from the fact he doesn't know who Amy Jacobson is. That's the only weapon they have to defend against their failure. The only shield, the only excuse. See, because in their world, there are no individuals. They don't want to reward individuals. In fact, they want to punish them. In their world, you get where you are because you're connected. In Chicago, they call it clout. And they like that kind of corruption. They're not offended by it. They just want in on it. And they're willing to do anything because they are whores, one and all. They will do anything for just a little taste of that job. See, but in the real world, it doesn't really matter what's between your legs matters what's between your ears unless of course you go in the porn business which you're not going to find a lot of democrat women in or the democrat male politicians especially the irish ones they're not going to make it but what you will find in the political world is just that kind of corruption right and it explains kamala harris otherwise how in the world could she be there she's qualified to do absolutely nothing just like her boss, but her boss has been around for 50 years and he's been corrupted. So the idea that this roach doesn't like that I'm not a woman. Are we? Well, let's do this. We'll play their game. For this segment, roach, I'm going to identify as a woman. I'm going to call myself Lola. Only I'm a lesbian and I like to wear men's clothes. And unlike your lesbians, I'll take you out in a parking lot. That's the only difference. So for this one, my name is Lola. When you call into the show, 312-642-5600. I'm Leslie. Oh, they must have played the music. Oh, that must not be a good sign. But this kind of failure of gas prices and inflation and taxation, that's not what they want to talk about. That's not what they want to talk about. They want to use their manipulation, their social engineering, and their fraud to disguise what it is they're really, really doing. Their corruption.
Karen Alderman Patrick Daly Thompson, who carries Chicago's most famous mayoral name at the center of his own political brand tonight, is planning what can only be described as a helter-skelter defense in federal court. When the 11th Ward City Councilman goes on trial next Monday, he will try to convince a jury that personal disorganization and carelessness caused financial misconduct that now jeopardizes his livelihood and his liberty. Yeah, he, he, he was messy. It's not that he's a daily fat slob that he is, if you couldn't tell with that Irish face. It's not that he's a daily. The only reason he's the alderman in Bridgeport is because he's a daily. He's corrupt because he's messy. He cheats and he's bribed because he's messy. His desk is a mess. It's terrible. But see, that's what the people like. I know a lot of guys in Bridgeport, a lot of good guys. Yet they're like Mulrose Parkers. When push comes to shove, they vote for the daily because they want the job. Right? That's how it goes. And until that stops, you're going to keep getting more of this. You're going to keep getting more of this. So how is that? for the? I, I, th- I don't think I can get in trouble. After all, I'm, I'm identifying as a transgendering lesbian for this segment. Lola. Alderman Daly Thompson is an attorney and an alderman, grandson of the late Mayor Richard J. Daly and nephew of former Mayor Richard M. Daly. But that pedigree won't be on trial a week from today when the Bridgeport Alderman is here at the Dirksen Federal Building, facing seven charges that he lied to U.S. bank regulators and filed false tax returns. No, he's messy. He's messy. Those weren't cooked loans through crooked banks and connected loan officers. No, he's messy. Sure, he's a daily. Sure, he's got no idea what he's doing in that job and can't take a shower by himself, but this stupid son of a gun's a lawyer. Had no idea about the law. None at all. He's messy. Newly filed court documents by Thompson's attorneys describe him as haphazard and having provided years of paperwork to his accountant in a large disorganized folder that included many superfluous documents. He's so scatterbrained. His documentation is all over the place. He didn't intentionally uh, do this. <laughs> I was going to have Stephen Lee on to talk about the IRS. So here's the deal. When the IRS clamps down on you because you were a Republican and you voted for Trump and you're not in the mafia, I want you to remember this. And I want you to tell them this. You're, you're a mess. Your desk is messy. You're haphazard. You know, you bring your, your stuff to the accountant in a file. I've been doing that for a thousand years. We got Leahy on the line? Leahy's on the line. Leahy, what do you think about the daily excuse? You like it? I, I have to say, it is quite an excuse. If I tell my, if I tell the IRS, hey, you know, uh, my clients, they just can't find the stuff. It doesn't work very good. You sure? Because that's what I was going to go with. You sure? Because my accountant will tell you, I grew up with my accountant, he'll tell you, I'm, I've always been messy. In fact, I bring him stuff with coffee stains. Some of it's burnt from cigar ash. He still manages to read it, though. He still files everything, and I still, still stroke that check everything. that makes me want to just go on a car flipping spree in the parking lot. I understand. So why don't you tell the people what there is in store for them in this wish list, in this in this utopian bill that's going to make life in America and so much better. You know, the more I get into this list, the more the more it's disturbing, right? So first, we all know about the bank statements that they want you to to uh, report over over six hundred dollars, and that's not six hundred dollars in the bank statement. That's six hundred dollars in any transactions over the year. So I don't. Does anybody have a bank uh, a bank account where they don't do six hundred dollars or more a year? I just, just I just paid uh, my daughter's rent in college, way over that. Well, 
Yeah, way over $600. So now let me ask you this. Go ahead. They use this information, and I say, well, it's a business expense. I mean, not that I want them. I mean, how could they possibly have the manpower to go through all of these transactions? Well, that's a very good point, uh, Sean, in that they, they, they can't answer the phones, right? So they're at, like, they were at 3 to 7% of phone calls answered. So <laughs> that's how many they answered. So that's pretty good for a government, phone- 3 to yeah. 7%. Uh, that's phenomenal. Yeah. So, so they can't answer your phone. They can't give you a refund, right? So they're behind in refunds. They haven't. They're still working on 2020 refunds. You know, they can't. Uh, they can't get, process any pay, any of my uh, powers of attorney that I send. But we're gonna we're gonna inundate with all this new information, and they're gonna be able to process it. But what the bank what the banks are so angry about is that they're really gonna make them do it. Right, so it's going to be the banks that have to foot the bill of putting all this information and and to report all this information, and that's one reason why they're all up in arms about it, as they so should be, I think. After two thousand and eight, we went from four hundred and fifty banks that were powerful, and you know, banking families and private banks, down to an infinitesimal private bank, and mm-hmm. you had about eight corporatist, quasi-government banks now that run everything. Why a would a private ga- bank? Who, by the way, those private banks, in order to stay in business, actually had to bring on at least one person just to handle the regulations. And ironically, the bill named Dodd Frank, the two most corrupt scumbags to uh, ever be sworn in. And uh, why would they stay in business? Like my bank, I like my guy. He's a good guy. My advice would be shut this son of a gun down. Well, you know, again, because they're putting them on that, they're putting all the onus on them and the and the problems. So then we talk about well, now. Let's move from the bank accounts to to uh, the GPS systems on everybody's car so they could charge you by the mile, right, and get their t- and get the – and that's in this bill. There, there's a test – a pilot program that they're going to implement uh, of $125 million or something like that for, for a pilot program to test how they can track us all and then charge us depending on what road you're on and how much they're going to charge you. Oh, roads are different? So, So like, let's say I'm driving down one of the scum roads that the Democrats are supposed to take care of. You know how good they are at it. And I blow a tire up. I got to pay for the tire, and I got to pay to be on the road. Exactly. Exactly. This is wonderful. And and then if you get on the highway, maybe it's going to be a little bit more. Now, here's the thing. uh, There was big pushback when um, the very qualified Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, there was major pushback, even from... Those people who still vote Democrat, those Lennies out there, and um, over this this climate tax for driving your car, how is it that they just get to constantly just shove it in bills, knowing that ninety percent of the people voting on it aren't going to read it? Well, again, and that's this—that's the whole Nancy Pelosi thing. We got to pass it to find out what's in it. And again, the more we look at this stuff, the more—the more it comes out, and the faster they want to get it passed, so they don't. So it doesn't come out before it gets passed. And the third one now, we're talking about this global tax deal that—that that, uh, Secretary Yellen came out with last Friday and told us all about. You know that the, the, there's going to be a global tax deal that it's got to be at least fifteen percent around the board, and that's so even if these. I mean, yeah, even if these companies want to move, yeah, <laughs> even if these companies want to move somewhere and lower our ta- lower their taxes, you can't. So right? they're going to they're going to make sure. Uh, yes, I am. The, the benefit of talking to you. What about my Fourth Amendment? How in the hell can these mm. rats, with their ridiculous 
Captain Kangaroo hairdos and their corruption that's blatantly obvious mm-hmm. monitor me, yet I have to sit here while they do nothing but insider trade and corrupt the system. How, can this, how is this not a violation of my Fourth Amendment? Well, I, I'm on board with you, Sean, in that I think it is a violation of the Fourth Amendment. Some years ago, there was a case in the Supreme Court where they were going after bank information without a warrant. And the Supreme Court said, oh, that's totally fine because it's the third parties holding that information. And then the, the government, the Congress, had, in all their infinite wisdom, passed a law called the Financial Privacy Act. And that's in effect right now. And that's why the IRS doesn't get that information as we sit. Because a lot of people I mentioned this to, and they said, and I mentioned to them that this is going to happen. They said, "Isn't that already happened? Can't the IRS do that already?" And the answer is no, because we have this Financial Privacy Act that's in place. And since then, there was a, another uh, another Supreme Court case came out that's kind of put that whole uh, analysis at at uh, risk. And I believe it is a, a violation of your Fourth Amendment rights. So, Stephen Leahy. I've got another problem before I let you go. You, By the way, you were late. Never be late to Lola's show again, all right? This is the first segment <laughs> where I am transgendering lesbian. So um, here's the deal. It is unconstitutional. It is against the, the covenant of taxation to tax me to give my money to a foreign country. It's, you've broken the covenant of taxation. Who do I sue? That's, well, I wish I had the answer to that, Sean. Come on, Lee. You're I'd a lawyer be in, and an IRS be in, guy. I'm going to sue court. everybody. I know. I'd be, you know, I have a, I have a kid who's in, in the law school right now. That's, that's what he's learning. Let's sue them all, Dad. Well, and here's the thing. And this, is, this, is, this is a Supreme Court case. You, you cannot, in this country, you know, here's the thing I think people forget. In this country, these morons are not the kings. In other countries, they are. So when socialist countries do it, too bad for them, they're socialist countries. In my country, even my pop politician, while pretending to be my representative, cannot break the covenant of America. Can't do it. You cannot. You want to have a foreign policy? Fine. That's within your purview. But the idea you are taxing American companies and then enriching foreign enemies and foreign allies, I don't care. It is, the, it is against the principles of taxation. I think we need to get in front of this before we are victims of it. Can you maybe talk to your people that dress ridiculous like you do? <laughs> I will. Right. And, you know, again, I, I've gotten calls from people, uh, not only this, this issue and the, 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 the firing everybody that, you know, from COVID or vaccine, all this stuff. And I think that's also another violation. And, and uh, that's, as you point out, Sean, we have a constitution to protect us from this. Well, let's hold their feet to the fire and, and make sure that they follow our constitution. And, uh, and the best way to do that is in court, in my belief. Stephen, I'm gonna, I, I'm, I cannot wait till November 6th. I am going to ask Ted Cruz, brilliant that he is, although I'm not a big fan of the beard yet, what the hell is he doing? This has to come to an end before it passes, because I believe these, these scoundrels are going to pass it. Do you? I, I do believe they're going to pass it, and I'm going to be there November 6th, and I'm going to ask him questions, too. And unfortunately, he's the only one that will have an answer. The rest of them don't want to even answer it. All right. Are you going to be dressed like uh, Johnny Dollar from the uh, Radio Detective Insurance Agency? Well, have you ever, have you ever known me to dress differently? No, I guess not. All right. Well, listen, he's Stephen Leahy, IRS Resolutions. And uh, what's the name of your show, IRS Radio? It's called, it's the IRS Radio Hour, and, uh, and my company is Open Tax Advocates. 
I love it. Stay strong and uh, help you, my Sean. wife bail me out when they pick me up in the van. Thank you very much, Stephen Leahy. Thank you, Sean. All right. Lola, I would have preferred Lola. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. <laughs> you know, I, I have a favorite relative that's no longer with me. And he was an author, a professor. He was in World War II. And uh, he followed MacArthur. He was in MacArthur's staff, if you can believe that. And uh, as he got out, he invested. And he did well for himself. And um, we became very good friends. He's actually a relative of my wife. And um, he did all of this. And no one ever knew he was gay. And he never used it as a resume enhancer. He did all of those things based on him. I've always been offended on behalf of the people, the social engineering Marxists pretend to represent with their ridiculousness and their manipulation tactics and their pandering. Do you think the rest of the people feel that way or do you think that they buy it? Because this is another aspect of our society that's being destroyed and it's deviating from the fact that you're getting people who normally wouldn't buy into the scam tolerating it. So we're going to discuss that. And more. I went long with Stephen Leahy, but I thought it was worth it. And uh, that'll be after Tom Beck and the news. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I am always perplexed when those among us chant for taxes. Always perplexed. It shows you the mindset they have, not just of a tyrant, but of a slave. The detached reality they have from what their life, what little they actually control or own. I uh, received something from a friend of mine. Text his land, text his bed, text his table where he's fed, text the tractor, text him, text the mule, teach him taxes are the rule. Texas work, Texas pay, Texas cow, Texas goat, his pants, his coat, his car, his beers, his food, his gas. Find other ways to tax his, you know what. And it's interesting. They even tax your estate if by somehow you're able to make money under this system. And this corporate tax thing is interesting to me. Because I've been very consistent when all of the so-called conservatives were chanting corporations are alive and they exist it's moronic it's absolutely fraud that's not true people exist corporations are made up of people a corporation is a vestibule of protection in a litigious world that's all it is and it's a place to have accounting it's a place to keep track of investing it's a place to acquire certain land. And by the way, there's no benefit. Everyone says there's a benefit. In fact, when a corporation owns land, it's taxed higher. So when 136 socialist countries run by those who reap the rewards from not just taxes, but from the political power they wield, the insider trading, the insider deals, the fraud, the table of wisdom, LLC stuff. 
that judges and lawyers and Cook County, along with aldermen, sit on. And that becomes normal because you have adopted the mind of a slave. See, to me, a tax cheat isn't someone trying to keep his money. It's a politician trying to pass taxes without disclosing them. The tax cheat is the Democrat. Because what they have is an insatiable appetite to wallow in failure. And they're not interested in succeeding. So they put numbers to them that are unattainable or they think big. And then when people manage to hit those numbers, that's not enough. How did those people make money? Well, they had corporations. What did the corporation do? Did a variety of things. Manufacture, produce logistics. It invested. It did whatever. We're going to tax it there. But how could you tax it? It's an entity of nothing. And what happens when you tax that entity of nothing? That corporation is really in an accounting vestibule. It's an accounting measure. It takes those taxes and it passes them on to the very sloth that demanded the corporation pay taxes. So as his goods rise, he's too stupid to know he did it to himself because he's an idiot. He's a butter-handed moron. So when Jen Psaki comes out and talks about new taxes, you can bet your ass it's going to be on top of all the other stuff you pay. And the corporations that they pretend to tax, do you think they're not as smart enough to pick up on what I just told you? You think they already don't know this? You think they already are not aware that all they have to do is raise their prices? U.S. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi met with Pope Francis in a private... Sorry, wrong clip. Hey, so one item for all of you at the top. Uh, today, OECD's agree- o- the, today's OECD agreement shows how American leadership and diplomacy can advance the economic interests of American working families. A global minimum tax of 15% up from 0% today will finally even the playing field. Now, why even say this? If your tax is 21%, why say it? Are you worried about losing your corporations to Ireland, who was at 13%, or Gibraltar, that's at zero, or other countries that embrace capitalism? Is that what you're worried about? You should be, because that's what everybody should do. They shouldn't accept this. Or what they should do. For American workers and taxpayers. Workers. President Biden, Secretary Yellen, and the entire administration the worked and overtime to rally more than 130 countries representing will pay the cost of these increased costs, workers and taxpayers. And you've already experienced that. You're just too, the Democrats are just too stupid to know it. Yeah, Lisa, local stores are actually uh, warning their customers here in Nyack of these price hikes because of this shortage. But other uh, local restaurants and businesses like this pizzeria here behind me are actually considering possibly hiking up their prices just to keep their doors open. And that's how costs are really distributed. And those people who consume the goods pay it or they don't consume them. Isn't socialism great? The question is, where are you going to go drive an Uber when the American Democrat does to this economy what they did to Venezuela, what they did to Cuba? This is important. This is important. They can't just arbitrarily continue to make deals. This is not their job. It's not their job. They're bound by covenants. That's why when conservatives all said corporations live because they wanted to give as much money as they could to these political whores, this race to the bottom that somehow they sold Republicans on. These are the last people on the planet that should have a lot of money.
These are the last people on the planet that should cut a carve out for the money you give them. But until the American people start thinking of things of, wait a minute, why is a tax cheat somebody who's keeping the money he made? And you understand from that premise right there, you are submitting like a slave to your master. And you feel that your government is entitled to 50% of your income, and that's just your income. All the other taxes on your food and your consumption and your existence and the property you already paid for. You know how many women and old people who have worked their entire lives and paid off their property years and decades ago are near poverty because they're paying taxes to send other kids through school. They haven't had their own kids are 70. How many people, what's that do to the economy? And the American people who go keep going on and on and on. You know, it's funny. Those kind of things happen differently in states that are run by capitalists, in countries that are run by capitalists. So when the Fourth Reich of the Biden administration announces a minimum tax because they want to say it's, it's not a new tax, we've just agreed to take our already 21% and participate in this little scheme. This is because they're going to redistribute it among themselves. The people will never get this, just like the people in the city of Chicago. You don't get any of that tax money, honey. Hate to break it to you. That's why your alderman's tooling around in a Lexus, the 460 LS, not that little one. The reason he's doing that is because they're stealing that money. They're holding it. They're treating it as if they're venture capitalists, and the people they end up giving it to gives them 30% right back. So when you sit by and you listen to these swindles and you uh, put together that there is going to be more and more hidden in this bill that's supposed to help you than they could ever pass with your consent, including a carbon tax on your car. It won't be long. It'll be on your breath because they can't fail enough because it's within that failure lies their strength. Either direction on this. This is all part of the discussion, and I, I will let you uh, convey or ask questions of Speaker Pelosi yourself. She's, a, as, as we see, saw this morning, more than capable of speaking on her own behalf. Sure um, she is. But what she was conveying is that while it was the preference, her preference, the president's preference to have um, the initial package proposed, uh, what our focus now is on is uh, building a real, tangible package that can become law and is going to make a transformational difference in people's lives so that's an understatement that's an understatement the inflation that no one talks about and that those people who are already living on the government cheese and got the 27 percent increase so they don't feel it well you do the gas in your car the oil that's going to take the common denominator of everything and jack the cost up of everything this is very purposeful I understand, and we all know why we're talking here about... I do, too, because your taxes are percentage-based. So the higher the cost, the higher the tax. That's why the government never minds inflation. They never mind passing on the cost to the consumer, because they make more. The size and, and the cuts, etc. But uh, a cut, uh, it's not a cut uh, just because someone once proposed something bigger on paper. It's not a... It's not a bill or a policy that's going to change lives if nothing is passed. And it's the same bill. They're enroning the numbers. That's all it is. Don't buy it for a second. 
And don't let some butter-handed Democrat tell you how it's going to make things better, even though they wallow in their own failure. That's what makes them Lenny from Mice and Men. 312-642-5600. The intent of this tax by the Biden administration is to raise taxes for companies based on their countries that don't join. 35 is the number of countries that had a top corporate tax rate of 15%. Now they want a minimum. Ironically enough, Google will pay less to America. They will pay more, which is the redistribution I spoke of. It's going to be better, though, for you. It's better for the workers. It's better for everybody because they're Democrats, and all they want to hear is taxes. They could give a rip what the ramifications are because all they want to do is make sure companies and people can't make what they are entitled to, can't keep what they've earned. That's what the tax system is. Rick, Orland Park. Hello, Sean. Boy, you took my name for really quick there. I was happy. Um, Thank you. Thank you. I'm just telling you that, uh, listen, I, 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 you're the only guy I can listen to. You really, you really know what you're talking about. I, I have, a, I have a, a feeling that people are so frightened that they're really afraid to take on the taxing thing because as soon as you talk about taxes, everybody gets frightened, you know, but it's time to stop paying these SOBs. It's time for people to try to take their taxes under their own wing and say, you know what, where do you get the authority to tax me? Well, the the problem you have is you have a system in place, Rick, that guarantees prison time. You're going to do a lot more prison time than the three Democrats that just were released on bond and tried to murder people that I've got the story in my you're correct, but yeah, and you you are just like me and everybody else. We don't want to lose whatever we've got, so we don't fight the tax system. But the Constitution, I hate to even bring it up because nobody really believes in it anymore, but I think you do. The Constitution and the 14th Amendment has put everybody underneath the thumb of the U.S. Uh, government because you always said you are a... United States citizen, and you are not a United States citizen. You're an American, but not a not a not a U.S. citizen. Because if you're a U.S. citizen, you're a second class citizen, just like all the immigrants that are coming in this country. If people don't start taking on this kind of argument, we're going to the way to do it. The way to do it is to stop making. The way to do it is to get these companies and these corporations together, and to do exactly what the pilots did at Southwest. That's the way you do it. So this new tax that they want you to believe is part of an already tax system that's at 21% is not about that. By their own admission, what it's intended to do is to redistribute taxes to other companies, to other countries. But they might as well be companies because that's how the Biden administration and the Marxists view them. This is about taking power away from the corporation and the people and redistributing it to other nations that are simpatico with their fascism and their corruption. And they have investments in. After all, that does explain why Biden is so heavily invested in in uh, China and uh, the Ukraine. Boy, how come they never bring that up? Aiding and abetting the Shycoms. I mean, if you're invested in China, you're in the bank of China, your son's got all the money from $1.5 billion. That's just walking around money for these scum. And you have foreign policies that enrich 
the Bank of China. Doesn't that seem funny? But to a Democrat, he doesn't care because Biden's raising taxes on corporations. And he's too stupid to see what really happens when corporations get tax increases. The struggle continues for many local businesses after what has already been a challenging time because of the pandemic. Thank you very much. One crisis is triggering another. We went through last year and this year. It's getting worse this year than it was last year. That's because... Now, now, it's worse this year than it was last year. The taxes are going up. His goods are going up. His salary to his employees are going up. His health care costs are going up. Why would he be in business? Why? I mean, when you realize, when you're giving your income at the portions we give it to this corrupt government, it's not yours anymore. Marson Westmont. Oh, my God, Sean. Sorry, a little nervous. I was driving home. I thought I'm going to relax, but listening to you and your beautiful rants and... Uh, <laughs> I'm not one for relaxing. You know, Sorry. Yeah. So, listen... What starts to make me mad, really, I came here a long time ago, had nothing, worked my ass off, learned to respect the money, buy used, don't spend spend the money where you need to. You go on eBay now, I buy used stuff on which I'm paying sales tax, on stuff that somebody already paid taxes probably twice. I'm paying it for a third time. Mm -hmm. It's annoying the crap out of me. And my rents, I got to relax because since the election, I really lost faith. I don't know how to raise my kids, my son, what to tell them. Be a man, stand up for yourself. The way that your father raised you, right, to flee this kind of totalitarianism, to flee this hopelessness, this feudalism that's always under a Marxist regime. That's how you raise them, and you already did it. You you survived once, brother. You did it more than we did. So you're going to pick up, and you're going to do it again. And Because you're used to being uncomfortable because you'd rather be free. And whether that means going to states in this country or whether it means going to other countries, you're prepared to do it because you've done it once. You're better at seeking liberty and freedom than the American spoiled Democrat with his buttery hands and his give me, give me, give me lifestyle that he can't, he but can't make it in America, his own. John. What's that? It's, it's the system. The system. The system creates it where I have friends. I mean, I'm Polish. I have friends that are Polish living on the north side. They think conservative. Yet they vote left and democratic. Then they I don't know why, because dem- democratic sounds good when you come from communism era, you know. But yeah, but they should be I, they I, should I be able to, come, to pick it out more than we should because they lived under it. They should be able to recognize yeah, the lies. But you know. Well, listen, well, Marson. I, I, it's not like this everywhere in the country. You feel this way too because you're in Westman. I do. I do. I mean, I travel outside the state and I see what's going on. It's a different world than Missouri. I mean, Florida. Go anywhere. Chicago is like La La Land. You deserve it. You got one life to live. You don't have time to waste it on these people. Thank you, Marcy. Beautiful beautiful show, Sean. Thank Thank you, you, brother. Thank you. We'll be back with the rest of your calls after this. This kind of stuff... Never happens to me. A naked female at Denver International Airport walking around Concourse A naked, asking passengers, where are you from? Can you that? I would love this if this happened. I'd say, can you take a selfie and I'd send it to my wife and say, I'm moving here. That stuff never happens. Of course, what if they look like Tony Preckwinkle? Hey, mister, leave me alone. Um, I have a different perspective on the border than most people. A border must be secure. Immigration to this country, in my opinion, 
should have no welfare benefits whatsoever, but should be easy to obtain. Absolutely easy to obtain. Should have absolutely zero welfare benefits, because what we've managed to do is accept the socialist idea that people are entitled to sustenance versus freedom and equality of the law. We've now gone into the social engineering business, and that is the beginning of the end. However, most of us are benefactors of an immigration system that allowed people to come here and have a go. Have a go. We provided a system of the lack of government control versus government control. Every single problem in this country is about trying to manage and pay for a welfare system that would pay such roaches as I had to send this to myself because, as you know, it's a little different when I am uh, in studio Xanadu. Uh, man severely injured tourist at South Loop CTA station one day after judge let him out of jail by not punching a 60-year-old woman in the face and splitting her head open, and she's unconscious. And I, I don't want a system that pays this piece of garbage. I don't want a system that pays this piece of garbage's girlfriend, that pays the rent, that pays the house. I don't want a system that pays this piece of garbage's kid to go to school and then carjack one of us later on. So I don't like a system. Twice convicted for um, gun, a twice convicted gun offender shot a man while on bail for another gun case 36 hours later. He beat up his girlfriend and shot somebody in the back this is the kind of system that if you do this stuff guess what you get no no government cheese you get nothing so if you had a system that told people look you can come to this country but you got to work and you got to earn your keep things would be better i grew up in a neighborhood back in the 70s that had a lot of people who shouldn't have been in the country they were illegal aliens and they were wonderful people for my experience they worked very very hard Back then, you couldn't register your kids in a public school. The only way you could send your kids to school was to a private school, and they had to pay the tuition, and they did. And their kids were wonderful, and they were an asset to this country. As I listened to so many of our Eastern European friends who had to come here through, through legal channels, what an, what an asset to the country. So I like legal channels. I love immigration. Love it. What we have on the border is a purposeful collapse of a society. There's a reason the Biden administration stopped building the wall after it had been paid for. There's a reason that the Biden administration sent Kamala, the nooner Harris, best lunch date in the office, sent her to cut deals and, and start bribing third world dictators while telling the, the propaganda machine that she was paying them so that people wouldn't leave. That doesn't seem that way to me. We've got a border crisis, a situation that is leading to devastation in cities like Philadelphia, like Chicago, like L.A. LA is a disaster. And um, it's an open border, not for people to come to embrace liberty and to be a part of society. It's an open border system to implode society, to implode inner cities so that the government can sweep in and pretend to rescue them the whole time taking them over into feudalism. Back with us now, Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich. It's good to see you, sir. What is the state of the border right now? Because half a dozen states, uh, we're hearing, they're going to take back their National Guard and law enforcement who are helping out of the border. We're talking Ohio, South Dakota, Ar Arkansas, Nebraska, Iowa, and Florida. We've got 60... By the way, 
These are states that sent their National Guard there because the Biden administration wouldn't. These are also states that were victims of illegal alien drops by the federal government as they did everything from fly them to drive them to ship them, whatever they had to do. This is all during a so-called pandemic where pickle face Fauci tells me you can't go see your mom, but you can drop illegal aliens into states that were red, all red. Because what this is, is this, this is about the Democrat voter fraud and base. This is because they realize that once people are on the dole, once people want something for nothing, they will vote Democrat. That's why we have Democrats that call. What can I do? I can't believe that we're in this situation. But you got this crazy guy who thinks he won the election. And should we just voted for Trump? Yeah, stupid. Yeah, that's exactly what you should have done. And they'll keep voting for Democrats. So this is what the American Marxist knows. And all they need is to entice them with benefits. And they will ignore the fact that you have an 80-year-old dementia patient running this country, proposing to run this country. An 80-year-old dementia patient. We're being made fun of around the world and his backup is kamala harris who's there because she was willie brown's mistress and that's it and what they understand is once they're here they're gonna always be here for the wrong reasons now hopefully i'm optimistic i think that there's still in these untold uncounted numbers still a very large percentage that believe they're coming here for freedom and want to go to work. I'm hoping. 3,000 migrants potentially headed here. 90,000 already in South America moving through Central America. What do you say? Um, it is a dangerous situation, Liz, and the Biden administration has essentially ceded control of our southern border to the cartels. And shame on the mainstream media for not covering this story, because literally people are dying in this country as a result of Joe Biden's policies and his enablers in Washington, D.C. We know in places just here in the second largest county in Arizona, um, fentanyl and opioids are now the highest cause of death amongst teenagers. We know that homicides are up 60 percent in places like Tucson. On Arizona. So this is affecting us in ways that we can never recover from. And it's not only going to impact Arizona, but it is going to impact the entire United States of America. Shame on the Biden administration. Shame on Schumer. Shame on cartel. They have no shame. I mean, I, 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 what he's saying is exactly correct. And the fentanyl and disaster and the devastation and the crime and the murder and the rape and the sex trade. All correct. The child abuse and the gangs. You know, that's the part that gets you. These aren't, these aren't uh, necessarily the kind of people that I think should have access to the country. These are all the wrong people. It's a, it's a real shame. But to, to say shame on people like Joe Biden, Joe Biden is shameless. He's void of shame, of dignity, of honesty. Joe Biden is what he's always been, a liar, a corrupted whore, who would hit his mother in the face with a shovel if she was standing on a nickel. That's who Joe Biden is. Kelly for allowing this to happen to the great United States. Of so America. what are what are the data points that the White House uses that tells them that what they're doing is a good job and it's good for the country? You know, I'm not sure. We know by any objective measure that this is a massive failure. We know that there's a record amount of people illegally being apprehended. More than two million people across the southern border. We know that the number. You know, the saddest part is they had um, two um, semi tractors full of over a hundred people that they arrested a hundred people in a semi-trailer 
And that's terrible, right? If they're coming here for work and for freedom. In that arrest, they counted endless amounts of fentanyl and drugs and children were held against their will. This is this is the Biden administration best they can do, and it really is the best they can do. And they'll still gain power from it. Number of getaways, a thousand a day now. And Liz, these are gotaways. These are folks that don't want to be apprehended. So we have millions of people coming across here illegally that essentially Biden has decriminalized and incentivized coming here. And then you have thousands of people every week coming over that don't want to be caught. We know that amongst the people being apprehended, about one in five have criminal records. So there are literally rapists, arsonists, people that have committed heinous crimes that are coming into our country. We know people on the terror watch list have been apprehended. We know that there are 1.2 million people with deportation orders that aren't being deported. And that's why me, some of my colleagues have sued the Biden administration, trying to force them to build the wall and deport deport people that have deportation orders it is absolute crazy it's anarchy and this is going to affect us as a country liz not just today not just tomorrow but for decades to come This, this is all they do this is all they do and the reality is the good people will in my opinion come together now they won't come together in states like yours they won't they won't come together those are corrupted through and through they have the voters and um in this last election, the reason that we're in this predicament isn't just them. It's the never-Trumpers. It is. It's the never-Trumpers. It's the people that thought this was just going to be a normal election. And it wasn't going to be that bad. It was going to be like Bill Clinton, as one, one person told me. It's not that bad. He's just a Democrat. Start to realize what that word means and what the implications are when you put these people in charge. But here's the good news. I was thinking about this the other day. I don't care who it is. All they have to do... When they run, if we are still a country, if we have any any resemblance to America that we were, and if, by some miracle, we can rip out the legalized voter fraud that the Democrats are implementing in this bill, by the way, the next guy just has to do this. Now, I want to build the wall. We need the wall. The Border Patrol, ICE, they all want the wall. We stop the drugs. We, we shore up the border. One of my first acts will be to get all of the drug lords, all of the bad ones. We have some bad, bad people in this country that have to go out. We're going to get them out. We're going to secure the border. And once the border is secured, at a later date, we'll make a determination as to the rest. But we have some bad hombres here, and we're going to get them out. And all of this was not happening a year ago. One year ago, none of this was happening to this extent. None of it. The failure is beyond swift, and it's beyond the ability to quantify, because they're only talking about the numbers and the people, and the ideas they have that they catch. There are other areas where they have no ideas. There are tunnels. There's a reason that fentanyl and heroin and the rest of the drugs are inflation-proof, because their supply chain is wide open. Maybe Joe Biden should study the Sinaloa supply chain. Maybe that would help him, give him a little idea of how to deliver product to consumption. Of course, that's given the fact that he's not already working with him. 312-642-5600. We'll be back. There it is. It's considered baby stuff now. Got fentanyl. If you're ever bored... On YouTube, they have the streets of Philadelphia. It's a guy, Philadelphia, 
guy who's just disgusted, can't believe what's happening. Take a look at what's going on. I mean, so most of us, thank God, stay out of the ghettos. But to see exactly what the reality is, it's almost as bad as how a shooting on Pershing and traffic's a bear. Kira Elgin. Hey, Sean. Um, about your last call, I'm also Eastern European, and a lot of Eastern European Russian folks that come through had that democratic thought, too. Oh, democratic sounds good. But what I say, and it's to your caller, is to say, tell them to listen to AM radio. So I have a T-shirt that I'm going to wear to the November summit. I'd like to give you one, too. It says, listen to AM radio, and I'll buy you lunch. And on the back, it has all your guys' names. Yours is on top, of course. And then oh. Dan Proft. Dan and then Dan Proft? Oh, I can't wait to tell him that. You know, he, he doesn't he doesn't take kindly to that second place. But I will. I love it. I love it. Um, and you know what's good? I have good? my first guy. So on next week, I have my first lunch with a liberal a guy who's not God-fearing, and he's taking me up on it. So he's listening oh. for one week to AM radio, and then I'm buying him lunch next Before week. Before you get too excited... It is a free lunch to a Democrat. I mean, I'd love to give you props, but that you could get him to pretty much do anything for a free lunch. Thank you, Carol. I love it. I hope it works. Don, we got about 40 seconds, kid. Hey, John. You know, I've been saying this for years. Before the border was wide open, the number one uh, landing point for heroin in this country was ORD in Chicago. And yeah. you've got to know that every alderman had his finger on it because you can't yeah. say they didn't Don, know. where did they it come didn't. from? Where did the heroin come from? Mexico, Colombia, Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Yeah. 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 Probably wanted us to pull out of there. Really did him well. How they running <laughs> that government? You tell me Hunter Biden's not in on that. He probably sold the Taliban some art. We'll be back after this. streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. One of the uh, fundamental things you must get right as a parent is the way in which you raise your kids. This is something that's crucially important. Now, for those of us that recognized when you hear politicians say that crime numbers are high because the public schools are closed, somebody like me can think, well, that means there's some pretty bad hombres in public school. I don't think I want my kid there. No, I don't. I, uh, I don't even like the idea of publicly funded education. I think it's wrong. It should not exist, and the country would be better off if we didn't do that. I think parents should take the responsibility of educating their kids. Some of us do it in spite of paying numerous property taxes, where 80% of that is made up to go to public schooling. This is a crucially important issue, and we're doing a disservice to the kids. It's why areas like Chicago have the problems they have. It's a corrupted system that doesn't do what it promises to do, doesn't even do close to what it should do. So when I saw this article, I wanted to bring Billy Binion on. He's the assistant editor at Reason. He's written for Newsweek, DC Examiner, the Huffington Post. Billy, how are you? I'm well. How are you? 
Very good. Did I, you know, I, when I meet you face to face, I'm going to tell you a story about when I had dinner with the Binions from Las Vegas. You'll love that story. And uh, I was oh, unable yeah. to steal his double B diamond cufflinks. I, have I would good pass them on to you. Yes, yes. So tell me about this little uh, argument you uh, got in with Nicole Hannah Jones. Right. So Nicole Hannah Jones is uh, known for her work on the New York Times 1619 project. She's a staff writer at the Times Magazine, and essentially she made a comment on Twitter about school choice. And she was talking to someone about how you already have choice, you can homeschool your kids or you can pay tuition. And so I responded, not expecting that she would write me back, but I responded that I felt that, that was a classist argument because essentially that implies that you don't have school choice unless you can pay tuition, which naturally favors the wealthy. Not everyone can afford to pay for private school. So she basically wrote me back the next day and said something to the extent of, you know, I'll believe that you support school choice when you can show me that you support not funding schools by local property tax, because that obviously discriminates against poor areas and getting rid of school district boundaries. And my response to her was, you just stated the core case for what every school choice advocate believes. And what that is, is that, you know, parents should be able to, you know, not basically look at the schools and decide where they think their kids would fit best. We don't believe in exclusionary zoning. We believe in getting rid of those, you know, imaginary lines. We believe in pooling those tax dollars at the state level so that, you know, minority and low-income students aren't trapped in these terrible schools that are so often, you know, we see them typically in usually like urban inner city areas. And those kids, you know, they start off with less and they don't have a chance. Um, And so I wrote an article about it and basically kind of said that, you know, we have more in common on this issue than not. I think one of the things learning about school choice and writing about school choice over my career that I find so interesting is that school choice has become a super partisan issue um, between the left and the right, but it doesn't poll that way. 58% of Hispanic Democrats and 52% of black Democrats support school choice because not unlike, you know, I'm assuming Nicole Hannah-Jones, they understand that their kids are the, have the most to gain from school choice. Exactly. Um, and she pushed back on me and essentially said, no, that's not what her argument is, whatever. But I mean, I think it's more of a reflection on our kind of polarized landscape where she's not willing to concede that maybe we do agree because I'm not, I'm not on the left. And here's the other thing that bothers me, Billy. I have this, this thing that uh, has bothered me since I was a kid. If we can have a debate, I don't, I don't expect somebody to agree with me on everything. In fact, I, I don't know if I even want that. I like the, the mental debate, the, the uh, poor man version of a think tank. I like all that. But if we're not willing to speak the truth, then we have nothing. And history has been very clear here. I'm from Chicago. When you see the product that the Chicago public school system produces. It is a disservice you've done to these people that will harm them for their entire life. They are charging $28,000 this year with COVID, $28,000 per pupil. In a normal year, it's about 18 to 20. California, or, or, uh, New York charges more. This is with a cost to educate a kid. When you send your kid to a private school, which I did, two kids, I complained, Billy, every day. I used to tell him on the way in, I can't believe i got to pay for this. And I was complaining about it, but do you know what the cost was for an extremely high-quality education at a parochial school? It was $7,000 a year in grade school, and it was sixteen in high school. The people are getting cheated. And this is something that is bipartisan. This has nothing to do with your gender or your proclivities. This is a fact. 
the people are getting cheated. One of the most one of the most corrupted and the most influential organizations in this country are the teachers unions. Right. And to see what we just saw, where Department of Justice Merrick Garland, a Chicago Democrat, basically intimidated in the way in which you would see in a totalitarian Soviet nation. Anybody who speaks out against it, an innuendo that you will be interrogated and investigated. To me, I think that uh, we either need to start talking the truth or simply wash the system and start acting like those Soviets who were oppressed by corrupt tyranny. What do you think? Oh. One of the things I actually address in the piece um, is about teachers unions. You know, one of the things I said to you just now is I've always been fascinated by, you know, this issue in the public versus, versus this issue in polling. And I think teachers unions are a big reason why that natural bipartisanship kind of faded away, mostly because uh, charter schools uh, have teachers that are less likely to unionize because although charter schools are public, they, you know, essentially operate independently of the government. Um, and, I would say that's a good thing, because any time that the government has a monopoly on something, obviously a monopoly stifles innovation, um, and parents wouldn't be sending their kids to these alternative schools if they didn't see the benefit. And I think, you know, the biggest thing I took away from my conversation with Ms. Hannah-Jones was, obviously, you know, to my point about this being bipartisan, she accidentally made that case. Um, but like I said, because of the optics of it, because of the political factions we have in this country, of you know, the left kind of feeling often like they have to side with those teachers unions or uh, against someone who defines himself as a libertarian, as I do, she kind of refused to have that conversation, which I think is a shame. In my piece, I acknowledge that Ms. Hannah-Jones has written commandably, commandingly and extensively on education in America. She really has. She's a great writer. But I think someone as smart as her should be willing to engage with someone who might not believe all the same things she does if we have a shared goal. Yeah, and when you're when you're ideologically corrupted, the smart isn't an asset. It just becomes more of a an ability to cloak your true mission and your true loyalty. That's that's the problem the way that I see it. But I also you wrote another piece that I find very interesting. You're doing a hell of a job here, Billy. Um, judges who violate due process rights for personal gain got a major pass in federal court. Can you uh, explain this to the listening public? Right. So essentially there was this judge in New Orleans who had a political, personal, and business relationship with a, um, a GPS monitoring company, and he would pressure these defendants essentially <laughs> You make them sign up for GPS monitoring, even when in other courts they were not deemed to need GPS monitoring. And he would essentially force them to sign up with this company that had funded his campaign for his judgeship, um, or he had served as a co-partner at his previous firm. I mean, it's just like wrecked with corruption. And I think what I want readers to take away from that piece is that if you're a conservative or you're a libertarian, I think... You know, we believe in limited government, and that shouldn't stop when it comes to the courts or the police. Obviously, we need the courts and we need the police. But we also have to understand that they, too, have a monopoly, the monopoly on force and power, and we should want to hold them accountable. Um, in this country, they are protected by a slew of immunities. You, uh, judges, for instance, are protected by absolute immunity, meaning no matter what they do, if it's in a job-related context, you cannot sue them. They cannot be penalized for it. It's, it's utterly insane. Um, that judge stepped down when this lawsuit was filed against him, but he can't really be held accountable in any meaningful way. Um, he retired, you know, in style. So 
I think that readers and readers and listeners should understand that, you know, like I said, although we need these systems, we should also try to hold them accountable because right now we're not doing so. This tale of two worlds and two justice systems and two sets of uh, of uh, ways in which to make money and influence positions, it's getting the best of me, Billy. I'm getting very angry. And um, we now see that Nancy Pelosi and her husband have amassed, if you if you do the numbers by simple uh, uh Napkin math, they're at 500 million. If you look at some of these politicians, most of whom have never had real jobs, they all are pretty much promoting this kind of political prostitution. I like to refer to it as pimps and whores because it, it seems that to, that way to me. They're, someone's bribing somebody to do something and someone is delivering a corrupted agreement. So to me, what do you think if that were to be pulled among all Americans? I truly feel we're at about a 70%. I can't imagine anybody from any party is okay with this kind of open and notorious corruption. Yeah, I mean, I would really like to believe the same thing. I mean, one of the things that I write a lot about is something called qualified immunity, which has gotten a lot of attention in the press for protecting police officers from certain civil suits in these egregious circumstances. But when I talk to conservatives who, I guess, are usually more of the law and order variety, I want to remind them that qualified immunity also protects pretty much every other government official, like corrupt college administrators that like run right over students' free speech rights. There are plenty of cases of that. And, you know, the, the, the instances in which police officers receive qualified immunity, it's oftentimes in these scenarios where they have definitively violated someone's constitutional rights. So I'll give you an example. There was a case I wrote about a couple of years ago where uh, cops in California, where I live, stole $225,000 while executing a search warrant. And the court essentially wrote that while they should have known it was wrong, they can't be sued for damages because they're protected by qualified immunity. You can simultaneously admit that we need police officers and we need law and order while still wanting to have good police officers who enforce law and order for everyone, including themselves. You know, um, the asset seizure, when you look into it, when it's done legally, is infuriating to me. And there's, ne- there's never been a good answer of where does the money go. And yeah. you're talking to the tunes of hundreds of billions of dollars. Um, when this happens, you know, this to me is something that I think more people should understand the nuances of what you're saying. We absolutely want to support police and need them. However, in this particular case, I think that the judgment against them should be severe enough to disincentivize future skullduggery right right and one of the the interesting proposals that's been floated particularly for police is if they were to operate from an insurance market so if you have like judgment after judgment coming down against you which is how a lot of road police officers operate you know there are these bad apples that continuously misbehave or never held accountable then the insurance company might say we can't support this anymore and the department has to let them go an interesting example is derek chauvin who obviously was convicted of murder uh, in the george floyd trial he had 22 complaints against him before that so let's say we were operating under this insurance model perhaps if he had been let go before he went and killed someone he'd be a free man today you know the idea that we just I have to let these people, you know, or that we're obligated to kind of cede all power to these people. Just isn't so. We need police, but we want good police. So you you tweeted something I find interesting because it's been something that's been bothering me for a while, and this is the Lori Laughlin incident and the parents to yes. schools. You know, the ignorance to people to understand how corrupt that system is. Anyway, aside from this light, 
the boosters, the 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 benefactors, the legacies. It is just a, a system that makes me sick to my stomach. But this girl apparently bribed somebody, and Lori Laughlin gets two months in prison. And I think so did the other one that's married to the great actor. I forget her name. But what's the story here with John Wilson? Why is this guy looking at 20 years? Right. So that's the, the, the maximum. The sentencing guidelines say he'll probably receive something just under five, which for your listeners is 30 times what Lori Laughlin received for similar crimes. In this country, I don't think people realize that we have something called a trial penalty, which means that prosecutors try to pressure people into giving up their Sixth Amendment right to trial. Um, and if they don't take a plea bargain, which the, the government likes because it's faster and easier for them, if someone decides they want to exercise their Sixth Amendment constitutional right to a trial, then they go for a higher punishment, which doesn't make any sense. We have a constitutional right to trial for a reason, to a public and speedy you know, evaluation by a jury of your peers. You should be able to exercise that. If John Wilson and Lori Laughlin did essentially the same thing, then we can assume they pose the same, I guess, danger to the public, which means in Lori Laughlin's case, she had to be behind bars for two months. Why would this other guy need to be behind bars 30 times longer than that for exercising his constitutional rights? That doesn't make any sense. It's a raw but, deal. Go ahead. I, mean, I, and I think that some of the pushback from this case is that these defendants aren't necessarily very sympathetic. Um, you know, people... Sort of saying, like they see the corruption here, um, but coercive plea bargaining is used constantly by the government. It hurts people that are poorest. It hurts people without resources. Who, when the state comes to them and says, "Well, we know you sold drugs. We're gonna, you know, throw a conspiracy charge on top of it, another charge on top of it," and people are looking at these maximum sentences of decades in prison. They get scared, and they don't want to go to a trial. It's totally corrupt, and we should not be punishing people multiple times for the same crime, and we certainly should not be punishing people for exercising their constitutional rights. In Chicago, when you write about this, I want you to just give help the people have a perspective. In Chicago, we have 46 people who have been arrested for shooting somebody who have been let out on bond for previous gun charges with a $100 bail. To give people a perspective of how skewed this law, how how law itself is, the idea that we have perpetrators of violent crimes in Chicago specifically that walk out with little to no bond, and we have instances where people are bribing schools and they go to prison, but nobody from the school ever goes to prison. I like to just give the people a little perspective. So something to keep in mind. I'm always very helpful. Billy Binion from Reason.com. I want to thank you for coming on. Take it or leave it, but I thought it was good advice. Thanks very much. <laughs> we'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Great song. And I've got great calls on the line. Now, nobody else get mad, but Mike in Hickory Hills, I love this idea, brother, because these are irreconcilable yeah. differences. Right. What do you got? Because it, it just... Hey, John, it just seems like, okay, we're, we're never going to agree. We've got this gridlock going. I, I, I've read a little bit about this. I mean, the idea's been floated around. Just take the blue states and the red states, let's split into two separate countries, split the debt, split the military, and let them have their socialist utopia. Mike, and I, did then this, I did this yesterday. I've actually worked out the math. You take the last, the results of the last four presidential elections and the state legislatures so if you're right. a republic right so it splits the country almost evenly 
now those people in those states pay their taxes and subscribe to those fees and the rest of it, not on a national corrupt average, the way the Biden administration wants to work with other enemies of our foreign uh, enemies and collaborate with our tax schemes, but our own place. And you give a you give a grace period where you can participate in your party of choice for 10 years and then you have to be out of the state and you you have a national yeah. or the the state will offer them money for their real property their real estate to get the hell out i like it yeah. see we yeah. can do it and we can workshop this our relationship with each other could be similar to canada you know we could still you know we could still trade and do business and Absolutely. all that yeah um but how is it do you think this is possible yes absolutely we're a country based on yeah. law. I think it's already written in the law. Never forget, one of the very yeah. principles of this nation is when it, 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 it becomes time for the political bands that tie us to break apart. We have that right. Yeah. It, is our, it is our American right. And, and it's, it's time. I mean, when you're going to pass off this yeah. buffoon as president and, and his whole up, upper echelon of, of uh, political whores and the, the, the bureaucracies and all the rest of these people who are unqualified and failures. And when we're living in eight and a half months in record inflation, in massive failure, yeah. it's time to go our own separate ways. Now, I love it. I'm all on board, Mike. George Hoffman Estates. Hey, I'm here. Hi, Sean. How are you, sir? Wonderful. Thank you for calling. All right. Hey, it's a pleasure talking to you. I swear to God, we're you're a brother from another mother. I love hey, it. Sean, I I just left a uh, a uh, commission meeting where I will not I by advice of my medical team I should not wear a mask. And uh, as I informed them of that, they told me I either had to put my mask on and leave. And this is just another example of egregious overreach. And uh, I just refuse to comply. Uh, I didn't put up much of a fight because I just informed them, are you sure you want to go down this route? And they say they have to enforce it. But you know what, Sean? We have to start standing up to these things. We just we just can't have it mandated right. to us and told us this is what you're going to do. Sean, I refuse to comply. I agree. And that's your right as an American. You're an American. You don't have to put a, a, a mask on your face. You don't have to put a, a drug in your arm. You're a damn American. And here's the other thing, George, I want to remind you, just for a little breather. You come down here by me in Naples, Florida, because no matter where you go, you know what you never see? A mask. Unless it's somebody from Chicago or New York. Then they got the one on their head, like in case they get thrown off a bike, the mask doesn't fall off. They advertise their morons. It's the nice thing about being down here, George. There's always an answer. You come by me. Thank you very much. And resist, we much. It's, after all, our only right. But resist, we much. We must and we will much about that be committed. Exactly what that dummy said. I'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Good pull. I'll tell you what. Very, very good at this. All right, I was going to play a clip of the necklace trust fund baby who needs help to get dressed, known as Governor Pritzker. But Mark in Melbourne, Florida, entices me with this call. Hi, Mark. Hey, uh, hi, how you doing, Sean? Very good, buddy. So, Sean, I got three quick points, right? So the first one is everything you're saying on your show to me is with my wife and my family and I. Because my wife and I are both immigrants. We've been in this country about 35 years. Came the right way, did everything right. Secondly, uh, I, work for, I work for a major corporation. Uh, 
people say in you the Chicago area, yeah. I'm not going to because I'll get in trouble. But right. and and but here's the thing, right? They mandated vaccines. Are we after 35 years working for this company? He's fired. But you know what? I held my ground. I'm like, you can fire me because you know what? I've never been idle in my life. I've worked in four countries. And I've moved from one country to another Good because of freedom. And that's why I stayed in the United States, because of freedom, right? And I'm not giving it up. And we are prepared to move, my wife and I, to... But you know what? We're going to prevail against them. We're going to prevail against this company because we're standing strong. Now, totally now are you in Florida standing. now, Mark? I'm in, Flo- I'm in Florida now, but here's the thing. I lived for 35 years in Chicago. Yeah. And I remember Sean Thompson when he was calling into the Dan Croft show. And <laughs> my wife and I would cheer Sean Thompson at the uh, breakfast table listening well, to him in the morning, Mark. right? Thank you, Mark. Well, and here's then, the good news. If you live down here, brother, did you see? I mean, I, I, yeah. you know, I, first thing when I got off the plane, you see DeSantis is going after these companies. And it's $5,000 per employee. The state of Florida is charging the companies well. He's fighting for you and your right to choose. Absolutely. And so you said a little bit ago, you know, before the, before the break on your show, but down here in Florida, there, there are no masks. So you know what? My wife and I, she's a high earner. I'm, I make a decent living. We took our tax dollars back in. We decided and listening to you and listening to you talk about Florida and to Dan. You know, we said, this is it. We came down here. We, we, we drove yeah. down here at Christmas because we couldn't fly because of the stupid uh, COVID stuff. So we yeah. drove down, looked at Florida. We're over here on the uh, on the other side. That's all right. It's beautiful no matter where you are. Yes. And, and you know what? We decided this is it. And we took uh, so a huge tax base that, that we paid for 35 years, property tax, every other tax, income tax, and we, we brought all that right down here to Florida. You know what so, that's called? Um, Mark and his family win. Good for you, brother. I'm we, proud of you. Yes. And thank you for calling. But, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I do want to get to this clip because it, it, it lays into what Mark was saying. Down here... Now, listen, I, you know, I don't want to come on the air and promote one state over the other. There are other states like this, but there's about 12. There's about 12 states that adhere to the principles of Americanism when it comes to taxations and specifically your right for this vaccination. There are, are several others that are still Republican-led and put up a half-Durban half fight against it. But I want you to hear how your governor... The necklace wonder, which, by the way, has anybody figured out where that lovely Mrs. Pritzker and her family are? Something tells me they're not far from Mark. Next debate over vaccine mandates could focus not on the shots themselves, but on a law that some groups believe gives them the right to refuse to get vaccinated. The Healthcare Right of Conscious Act bans discrimination by public or private institutions because of such person's conscientious refusal to receive or participate in any way in any particular form of health care services, contrary to his or her conscience. Fr- See, now we've already discovered through the absolute truth that this vaccine is created with aborted baby material. Project Veritas did the, did the sting on it. He admitted it. They're trying to hide it from you. So this isn't not even necessarily, you don't have to hide a, 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 or use a religion. This is your own conscience. I don't want to take it. Mark doesn't want to take it. Thousands of people don't want to take it. Maybe millions of people don't want to take it. A lot of pilots don't want to take it. But listen to what this slippery necklace. You know, you'd think a guy this cunning would maybe learn how to read the back of a food product so he doesn't look like a punchline. Pritzker. 
Fraternal order of police among those leading the fight against mandatory vaccinations, which Mayor Lori Lightfoot has ordered for all city employees. On its face value, it's usable. I mean, it literally says if you have a firmly held belief, not a firmly held religious belief, a firmly held conscientious belief against a medical procedure, you are covered by that statute. But the ACLU of Illinois says the intent of the law was to protect medical... By the way, the ACLU... They cart out this fat slob every time. The ACLU in this country is not about civil liberties. The ACLU in this country is a front organization for Marxists. That's what it is. It's not interested in civil liberties. It's interested in control. It's interesting in social engineering. It has nothing to do with civil liberties. And apparently, though, they have a hell of a buffet. Providers from being forced to do things like perform abortions or provide contraceptives contrary to religious beliefs. No one ever contemplated that this would be used in a fashion where an individual would be able to opt out of a care of a service and then claim a protection under the right of conscience. At this point, the governor has not even reached. <laughs> I mean, did you listen to me? This is not about fascism. This is, not, this is not about the government forcing you to do something against your will. This is about the betterment of society. No, it isn't, you moron. ACLU, my Durban. My Durban. This is about absolute my property, my right of myself, you idiot. Not to mention I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like Biden. I didn't like the idea that Trump, although he never wanted to force it, I don't like any of it. And I specifically don't like that pickle face Fauci. So if he says it, I say no. I told Pritzker, offer me $10 million. I'll tear the check up in your portly face. Go ahead. This is about my freedom, and I will not be intimidated. I will not be extorted and coerced. I will not. Make me. 312-642-5600. Not for everybody. Not everybody can do it, but everybody should realize you got one life. One. Nobody gets another one. Some people are very altruistic. Individuals can be very giving. And women and men sacrifice themselves for what they think is better for their family. I disagree with that argument to a certain extent. I think if you want to do what's better for your family, sometimes you have to do something that maybe make you uncomfortable. Wherever Democrats rule, whatever city, whatever county, whatever state, they have a common denominator, corruption, failure. They go hand in glove with the Democrat philosophy. So when I saw this, I was thinking about all of you. Leaving, quote, communist California tonight, a Sacramento couple leaving the state saying they're fed up in more ways than one. CBS 13's Valina Jones with the politics and policies that put one family over the edge. Oh, you get taxed for breathing here. It's horrible. There's no question why Trevor Huft and his family are packing their bags and leaving California. This is leaving communistic California. I feel like that really sums it up. You know, this place is you do as you're told. Trevor sending one last message written on his truck as he and his girlfriend drive to the Lone Star State. They are one of thousands moving. What was the deciding factor for you? The deciding factor for me is when they required my girlfriend to get the vaccination 
uh, just to apply for a job. It's not just COVID policies, it's politics, cost of living, and the baby the couple has on the way, all factoring into their decision. That's not life. That's just going to work and, and trying to figure out where your next meal is. So J- Now he's young. I don't know what his education level is, but he's smarter than any Northwestern grad who happens to vote Democrat. He's smarter than every corrupted, corrupted Democrat money bundler in Winnetka throws $5,000 a plate campaign fundraisers for Lori Lightfoot the whole time destroying the lives of all of the Democrats who are stupid enough to keep voting for her. The point is you have a governor right now working the laws, trying to tweak it so that you don't have a choice, so that you live in that servitude and that feudalism that the Democrat provides. And you have other governors fighting for your right to be free, fighting the Leviathan of the federal government, telling companies that if you force people to do this, I'm going to fine you $5,000 per person for every person you vote. Or are you forced to take the vaccine? Can you imagine it? There's a difference. You don't have to have that hopeless feeling. It's not hopeless. It's uncomfortable. It's a pain in the derriere. Believe me, I'm old. I'm tired. I'm up at four in the morning. Fly down, fly back, fly down, fly back. It's hard. But I know I'm setting the pace so that the generations behind me will never, ever live under the feudalism of a Democrat. Never. I'll always go to high ground. And that's what you should do. That's the advice you should take. This is a kid, probably not super sophisticated, but he's smart enough to know when he's a slave. Are you? That's the question we're, we're at right now. Are you? These Democrats never deliver the utopia. They only deliver the Fourth Reich force and fascism that every one of their principles is steeped in. They can't win you over, then they'll bully you and extort you. Do not let it happen. Fight them off tooth and nail especially when they got no necks, butter hands, and need an assistant to put on pants. I'll be back in 21 hours. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 